Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you out this morning. Uh, I'm Chuck, and I met most of you this morning. I'm looking forward to, my wife and I are looking forward to getting to know you all, this our being our first time with the church here. Of course, I know some of you folks from other places, and of course, we've known the McKibbins like forever, And uh, but it's so good to be here and appreciate the invitation to spend time with you, as was uh, mentioned in the prayer, as we learn how to better ourselves. Our goal is to get to heaven, of course. And so, guys, um, have your Bibles ready. Somebody turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We all might want to turn to that passage to begin with. I will be mentioning passages throughout the morning. Um, I'll give you the five-second rule. I says, whoever's got it, go ahead and read it, but we don't want to wait and wait and wait. Uh, but if you feel like reading this morning, by all means, feel free to jump in. Let me give a, a few other assignments that will help you. But do hold that Hebrews 11 passage in mind. Let me give a couple assignments. Somebody have First Peter... 1 Peter chapter 2 ready. I'll give you the verses in a moment. 1 Peter chapter 2, have that one handy. And of course, some familiar passages that we're going to tie into this. Somebody have Romans chapter 12, the first three verses. Sometimes we just read the first two, but the first three verses of Romans chapter 12. 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, 15 and 16. I'm just going to give two more here. And that is Ephesians chapter 2. And then I'll give you one in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. But we're going to start in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And um, I'll let somebody who's up for reading first thing this morning read verses 13 through 16. 13 through 16. All right. Um, you may have seen the title. The title of this, Become a Stranger and a Pilgrim in Order Not to Become a Stranger and a Pilgrim. The latter part of that is the second half of our lesson. I mean, you pretty much probably put the pieces together here, but we really want to emphasize the first half of this. If you're not familiar with the concept of the second part of the title, let me just spoiler alert for myself here. Um, Obviously, we want to become strangers and pilgrims here. We're going to look at a number of passages that deal with that. But here's the struggle that that, that a lot of Christians will encounter. We're going to read a passage in the second half of our lesson this morning that talks about the fact that we're not strangers and pilgrims. We're not strangers in the household of God. See, there's something seriously wrong If you're here this morning, you're a Christian, and you feel out of place. Could it be that we feel more comfortable in the world? That's really the lesson. That's what we're trying to help ourselves learn as we talk a little bit about being a a stranger and a pilgrim. Now, when you think about a stranger and a pilgrim, what concept comes to mind? Well, I just feel like a stranger and a pilgrim. Well, what, what, what are they saying? If I told you, I just feel like a stranger and a pilgrim, what, what am I conveying to you? What do I feel like? Visiting, right? Yeah, it's not home. It's not home. 
you know, I, I can kind of relate to that. You know, for years, I'd always have to tell pu- people, you know, I've got my green card, you know, because I moved down here from Canada. You know, and it, and it says resident alien. Well, that really makes you feel at home. Resident alien. And uh, so everybody would joke with me, oh, okay, well, here comes that foreigner. Uh, you know, but what's interesting is a couple of years ago, when I became a U.S. citizen, it's like the mindset changed. You know, people talk about foreigner, I go, whoa, that's changed now. Okay? But so we, we understand that concept of, of being in a place that really isn't home. And, uh, and that's what he's talking about here. And I want us to be thinking about that because uh, over in 1 Peter chapter 2, now if somebody has this passage, it ties perfectly into this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. I love this. Guys, what happens when you come up out of the waters of baptism? I'm thinking about the Romans 6 passage. What happened when you came up out of the waters of baptism? What, what happened? Newness of life. A little bit more, Josh. It's a newness of life. Compare that to the life before. What was that? Yes, but you put off what? You put off an old man, right? So the old man was walking to the... Well, as we're going to read here in just a few moments when we get to the Ephesians passage, but you had a former life. You, you, were, you were a part of this world. Um, and we're not supposed to be comfortable in this world. Why are so many people not here this morning? Because if they were here, they would feel uncomfortable, right? You know, the point is, they're more comfortable not going. I, I mean, I offered a couple of guys. I, I get up and walk this morning. I ran into a Bill and, uh, and a Randy this morning. They said, well, why didn't you walk with us? I said, okay. And so we just got talking and mentioned, you know, that why I'm here and, you know, the Lakeside Church of Christ. And, you know, guys, you know, come on. You know, just, just invite them. Okay, thanks. You know. But the point is, the danger for us is getting so comfortable in this world. And I was in a, a meeting up in Canada this past summer. They have there was eight of them. This is huge, okay? But there was eight eight people there, small group, and we got talking about this concept of you know what? I just want to go home. And one of the sisters I've known, I was converted in that small town. She she was there when I was there, and. and so she, she was old then. <laughs> so you can imagine. So she comes up to me and she's got tears in her eyes and she just hugs me and she says, I just want to go home. You know, that just, like, that just really touched me. Because we're not going to make it home if, if we've made this our home. And, and that's what Danny just read. Danny was just talking about, um, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lust which war against the soul. We have so much pressures out there that's trying to get us to be, be more at ease out there than in here. And you'll have more people that have, you know, they're more comfortable around their worldly friends than they are around Christians. And I'm thinking, whoa, there's just something wrong about this. Something wrong about this. You know, and so we don't want to, to find ourselves Engaging in things that we shouldn't be engaging in, which brings us, obviously, to Romans chapter 12. I love this, but please remember verse 3. 
I like 1 and 2, but read the first three verses of Romans 12. I absolutely love that. I mean, I love that because we pray about that verse 3 a lot, don't we? We don't want to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. I think it's on your flyer or something out there in the entryway. The importance of being clothed with humility. We're just not going to make it to heaven without that humble heart. And I like what he talks about here as far as you and I in verses 1 and 2. That if you're going to present your body as a living sacrifice, what what do you think is, I don't want to say number one cause, but what is what are some of the wiles of the devil that the devil's trying to work on Christians to go back into the world? I know we know over in, in Peter he talks about, you know, you escape the pollutions of the world and you then you go back in, it's worse than the beginning. It'd been better for you not to have known. What are what what is Satan doing to try to, to lure us into the world, guys? What what's he doing? What are some of the wiles? Lust of the flesh? You will read up we'll read about that one. Yeah, isn't that the truth? You know if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, right? I mean the, the whole point is you want to be comfortable around I don't want to be comfortable around sin. I don't want to I don't want to get to the point where if I watch something or listen to something, that it's not a big deal. Sin, sin should, should bother us. Um, now, not to the point where we're not happy. We don't have the, you know, we have the joy. This is like an oasis for ourselves, right? We get to come together with brethren like precious faith. We're singing praises to God. We, we have a common goal. We want to go to heaven. I, I, I get that. But I'm going to tell you that there are those lures that's trying to get us to be comfortable in this world and the worldliness. If we can have our senses dulled. You know, when Paul would talk to Timothy about having a seared conscience, what causes a seared conscience? Any idea what, what would cause somebody to have a seared conscience? You just don't wake up one day and nothing bothers you. You know, you're learning to play guitar. I haven't learned. I haven't wanted to, but you got to go through that. Play it till your fingers bleed. You know, um, you got to build up the callus. What causes it, guys? I want you know the practicality. You want to go to heaven, right? You say, I don't want to be conformed to this world. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So, guys, we have to put things in place to make sure that that this world doesn't become my home. So, what do you? How does a person become seared? Their conscience. What what causes it? Exposure? Well, we're all around it. Jesus was exposed, right? Um, gradual, baby steps, right? And so along those lines, I'm thinking in terms of, you know, well, that's not so bad. You know, the, the big sin, little sin concept. That that's, you know, I can always see something that's worse. I remember my daughter, I want to get on dress. So when I get on that, I don't get off it because <laughs> there's so much to talk about. But the dress code, you know, the, the uh, modest apparel. I remember my daughter in high school, 
And she would like, I go, you're, you're not going to wear that today. And it was like almost an everyday battle. But she had some friends over. Seriously. When her friends came in, it was kind of like, oh, nice to meet you. You know, seriously, it was bad. And so now I'm sitting there going, well, I know what she's struggling with, right? Her compared to them, how does she look? She looks modest compared to them, right? If, if that's going to be the standard. But that, that's the danger. That's the danger. Okay, honey, you're, yeah, okay, it could be worse. I agree, it could be worse. But this isn't good. And so you can, you can be, have your senses dulled when you start to compare yourselves amongst yourselves, which Paul warned against, by the way. Who sets the standard? Does society set, set the standard? Who decides what's good humor? What's good entertainment? Who decides this? God does. Right? I mean, he's the one who's going to decide. And that's why there's this danger. And so somebody mentioned this a little bit earlier, so we'll go ahead and, and make note of it. In 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, you've got 15 and 16 in it. Read, you could probably quote it. So, Danny, what's so bad about loving the world? What's the worst thing that he mentioned there? What's so bad about loving the world? Yeah? But if, if I do love the world, I, I don't have... You know, and see, there, there's some time where people go, hey, don't, don't confuse my, what you call, what somebody might call unlawful behavior. Don't confuse that with my love for God. One said, well, wait a second, you know, because John is mentioning here that you, you can't have both. Is that talked about in the Bible anywhere? You can't have both? What's that remind you of? Yes, you, you can't, you can't serve two masters, right? You, you can't. But people are going to try. People, people are going to do everything in their power. And that's what you and I are up against. Satan, does Satan mind if you come here today? Tell me, does Satan mind if you come here today? No. What, what, what does he say? You can go ahead and worship, but what? Go ahead and worship, but don't enjoy it. Don't, I mean, don't, don't sing with the understanding. Uh, be a clock watcher, you know. I mean, seriously, he, he doesn't care. Does he mind if you give this morning? But what? Yeah, but give grudgingly. You say, I don't care You know, if, if you go through the motion. So he doesn't mind if we're here. And so let's not think for a moment that you know we've got it made because, well, there are people that are not even here. Is that true? Well, yeah, there are a lot of people that are not even here. So are you one up on them? Well, I guess you're one up. We're, we are one up on them in the sense that we've, we've decided to put God first. But remember, what we're talking about here is are we conforming to this world? Are you a stranger and pilgrim here? That's the question. Are you a stranger and pilgrim here? Because Paul, Paul talked about the fact that if, if, uh, if he had a choice, he would sooner be absent from the body and be with the Lord. What about you? What about me? I've often said, people are kind of shocked, you know, I've got... Six granddaughters, and somebody says, you know, if the Lord came up to you, Chuck, and says, you can come right now if you want to come, would you go? 
in a heartbeat, I would go. But I don't have a choice in the matter. And while we're here, we're going to be happy to be here. We're going to labor for the Lord and we're going to work for Him. But the point is, heaven is that much greater. Or has this become our home? Has this become our home? You know, and I, I, don't, I don't want to get caught up and, and attached to this. We talked a little bit earlier about the Romans 6 passage because of Ephesians chapter 3, so, or Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Can we have that passage read now? Ephesians chapter 2, the first three verses. You, you're there. You're there. <laughs> See, he's describing the way we were. You know, I, I would hope that we as Christians, you know, when, when um, we are, as Peter described, his peculiar, his special people, I absolutely love the church. Bottom line. None of my families are members of the, you know, like Debbie's family, none of my folks, brothers and sisters, none of them are members of the church. So everywhere we've labored, this is our family. You know, um, I'm sorry, I'm your brother. You don't get to choose your relatives, but we are family, okay? But I, 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 love, I love the church family. And keeping the church pure, Jesus purchased it with his own blood. You know, we value this. And it's the pillar and the ground of truth. And so when I talk about stuff like this, we need to make sure that we, do, we keep it pure. And so, how am I living when I'm not here? Yeah, it does matter while I'm here. God wants me to worship in spirit and truth. But how, how am I living out there? And as we talked about, what was my former life like? And has it really changed? Do I come up out of the waters of baptism and go right back into... Well, I, now I attend worship services, but do I, do I still do the same things? Am I growing? Am I changing? Has anybody here become sinless since you become a Christian? Have you become sinless? I hope you put a gap in there. I hope you be I hope you sin less. Do you sin do you sin more since you become a Christian? You know, you, you don't sin more. You know, why? Because you're you're getting stronger. You can do all things now through Christ who strengthens you. You 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 become more Christ like. That's our goal, right? I want to be perfect as you want to be perfect. And so we're working towards that. What the battle is that we're reading in these passages, it's the world. Folks, brethren, brothers and sisters, I, like you, are being influenced to conform to this world. And it might be our speech, not just our dress. Maybe the way we treat our husbands and our wives, you know, the way the world is. Um, guy says, come on, let's go to the bar tonight after work. No, I'm going home to my family. The peer pressure. Seriously, you're going home, going home to your kids? Yeah, that's what I do. And understanding our responsibilities, and I'll talk a little bit about that in the sermon this morning. we got 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and then we've got to get to the second half of this lesson, which is about half time, so we're good. So 1 Corinthians chapter 5, what I like about this text is how that we can be in the world, but we're not of the world. We use that phrase a lot. So 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 9 through 13, please. 9 through 13. 
wrote to you in a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. It does not mean the immoral people of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Otherwise, you would have to leave the world. Now I'm writing you not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, sexually immoral or greedy, idolater or verbally abusive, or drunkard or swindler, not even eat with such a person. But what business is it of mine to judge outside? You judge those who are inside? God judges outside. The only point I want to gain from this is that he's making a distinction between two people who might be idolaters. You know, one is maybe named a brother and one who's not named a brother. You know, there's a difference. He's saying there's a difference between the two is the point. Now, our Lord doesn't want us to become monks. He doesn't want us to go to a monastery. He doesn't want us to cut ourselves off from the world. Why not? Why not? Yeah, teach and be an example. We want, we want to reach the lost. But it almost seems like, yeah, but it's like a, it's like a catch-22. It's like, okay, I want to do that, but they could influence in me. They could influence me. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, that, there's that danger. I, you know, it, it's, it's like, uh, my, my daughter was talking about, you know, which, you know, she was here. We've talked about this publicly, and she knows I've talked about it publicly. But one of the biggest problems she had was a particular friend. I think Dan even met her uh, years ago, but this, this high school friend. And she would bring up to me, when I told about the danger, she'd say, Dad, I thought we're supposed to help everybody with the gospel. Oh, great. Tell that to a preacher. You're done. But no, uh, I told her, yes, yes, darling, but here's the point. Who's influencing who? That's the point. So you need to ask yourself, with the people that you associate with, who your friends are, neighbors, I don't care who it is, even family members, who is influencing who? And we can be an influence for good, as he talked about. We can be in this world. God doesn't want ourselves to, uh, want ourselves to, to cut ourselves off from, from other people, but he does want us to be an influence for good. But what this is, this first half, is I really want to stress the second half of this. Because there's something seriously wrong within the body of Christ if we feel like strangers and pilgrims here. There's something wrong. Well, where's our text? Well, we're going to Ephesians chapter 2 now. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And, and here's how Paul dealt with it. And I'm going to start reading in verse 19. I'll let you know that I do know how to read. So I'll go ahead and read a passage here. Ephesians chapter 2. Picking up verse 19, he says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, and whom you also are being built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. Now, I know in the first part we're talking about, you know, this world isn't our home, and we're going to get to go to heaven someday, and that is our ultimate goal. We want to keep our eye on the mark. But as a family, you have a church family here. If you, if you have to value when you get to travel around. I feel sorry sometimes people say, I've lived here my whole life, I've never traveled. Well, okay, that, that's good. But, you know, it's really kind of cool when you, when you get to travel and you get to be with other brethren in other places. We understand what church autonomy is all about. Christ is the head. When people don't respect church autonomy, there's going to be all kinds of problems. 
But I want to bring it down to the local congregation here. This is a church family here in Somerset. The Lakeside Church of Christ. Here you guys, you know, part of me wants to go off and talk about membership. I'm not going to do that right now, but there's... The Bible talks about that, becoming part of, you know, elders, you know, feed the flock which is among them. They know those who are among them. They know those who are not. They know who the flock are. And as brothers and sisters within this congregation, he says here, every one of you needs to have this disposition. You're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of the saints and members of the household of God. What kind of comfort do you gain from that? There should be a couple things that pop into your head. That you're fellow citizens, that you're you're part of this, that you're not a stranger and a pilgrim here. What does that what does that do for you? I'm not alone. You're not alone. What else? Comfort is there, right? That, that's what family's all about, oh, right? And so, a, another word comes to my mind. What's that? Support system. What else? Yes, right. Love, belonging to, how about the word equality? Does equality jump out at you? Should it jump out? You know, I feel bad for somebody who comes here today that thinks they're not as important as some other member. They're not valued as much as some other member. Nobody's going to miss me. That is wrong on many accounts. Tell people, we've preached... In other places, you were missed. People know you. People care for you. But we need to have that, that, that sense of belonging here because when we talk about a support system, um, I think it's imperative that we know that we can, we can turn to our, to our brothers and sisters because sometimes we don't take advantage of that. Have you ever felt all alone in a big crowd? Felt lonely? Yeah, you. We we all ha- we get down some days, right? I just, you know, sometimes I'll get in the pulpit and I'll say, brethren, sometimes the stars are lined up and I'm having a great day, and I'll say, this is one of them, <laughs> you know. And, and 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 you value those, but they don't last long, right? I mean, you have ups and downs all the way, all the time. But I really think, and I've seen it recently, even with family, is that support system needs to be acknowledged. If if I'm if I'm more comfortable opening up to somebody who's not my brother or sister, that's as strange as if Josh opens up more to a, another lady than he would up to Tiffany. There's a, a, no, he, he, that's her, that's his best friend. You know, the, they're 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 close and they open up to one another. And so, when you think about the family unit, you think about the church. Think about the church. So. I don't want to feel like a stranger in my own home. I don't. I tell company, I told Danny and Kathy last night, I said, please don't treat us treat us like what's the word I use for like visitors or something. I mean, we're family. You come to my home, okay, if you come to my home, don't make me uncomfortable in my own home. <laughs> you know. Act like family, be relaxed. Be relaxed, okay? Go to the fridge. Hey, you don't have any Coke. Yeah, we don't have any. Go get some, alright? I don't mind. You know, be family. We laugh at that. We smile at that. But do we have that kind of relationship here? I need a passage here. I need, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. 
First Peter chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 4. I want us to back up to 4 now. 4 through 10. Listen carefully to this, how it ties into all that we've been talking about this morning. Oh yeah, more verses. Nobody wants to read. I get it. You're going down through 10. I mean, I absolutely love this text. Because he's describing us, those of us who are Christians. And I'll tell you what, what this helps us, if you're not a child of God, this study this morning would encourage you to become part of God's family. To become a Christian. Become His special people. Because we, we have a unique bond here. Because, Josh, have you ever held a meeting in a place you've never been before? How would you feel when you walked Odd? Okay. Yeah, and so what happened during the course of the week? Yeah. You know, it was a few years ago, I had to fly down to Orlando, and it was raining, it was just pouring, and I had to, I mean, and, and to go get the, the car, and I, I literally, I got soaked, it was cold, I got in the car, I remember calling Debbie and saying, I got to the hotel, and I said, I don't know anybody here. I just want to go home. I remember telling her, I just want to go home. You know, a couple of days later, I told her, I don't want to go home. I did. I said, I don't want to come home. I mean, I miss you. love you. But the brethren, man, they just embraced you. Because they were family. And it, and it doesn't take long. And I really feel sad for somebody who doesn't feel that. But here's the reality of our study this morning. You're not feeling that? Is it possible that you're getting comfortable in loving this world, that being with Christians makes you more uncomfortable. And that's sad. Because then it should uh, a red flag should be going off in your head saying, man, I need to make some necessary changes. I've got my priorities all mixed up here. You know, I, I need to volunteer more. I need to de- de- develop. And I'll talk about that in the sermon this morning. I want to be useful. And I want to see where I can help my, my brothers and sisters. And that's what the Lord wants. Let's see if we can get through a number of these verses. We've got ten minutes, which is good. I need... These are just one verses. So you can all jump at these. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. I need 1 Corinthians 1, 10. We've got to have that one. I quoted 1 Timothy 3, so let's skip that. How about Galatians 6, 10? Galatians 6, 10. And then I'm going to make reference to a passage in Luke 15. And somebody can close out with John 14. We'll go there in just a few moments. 
But here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 reads, It's us, guys. You know, we're the 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 body and the way it's supposed to be is First Corinthians one ten. By the way, that one, right? Man, what's so wonderful about this church here is that you you guys have the same goals. You you, you want to go to heaven. You want to serve the Lord. You want to feed on the Word of God. You want to build up your faith. And faith comes by hearing the Word. You know, you, when you love the same things... I was telling Danny and, and uh, Kathy last night, I said, you know, we just moved to, to, to the, the church in Kirkwood. There's um, like about 130, maybe this size. But the point is, I told her, I says, I love everybody there. We get along great with the deacons and the elders. But I said, I just haven't, kind of, I haven't felt, found that guy yet. I haven't found that guy yet, you know. We have a lot of things in common. Well, this family just placed membership in Brandon. We're just like, man, he's got the same sense of humor as I do. And we just like instantly clicked. I mean, instantly. So he texts me this morning. We're talking about stuff. Shouldn't have to preach on your birthday, man. <laughs> so, so it was kind of funny. But, you know, we were, we're just talking. But my point is, when I read about brethren and what we have in common... You know, Brandon and I have that, but it's not like I love the other brethren less and that I don't have other things in common with them. And there isn't a smile on their face when I see them when they gather for worship or when we come into their homes and stuff because they're family. And perhaps maybe what causes some of that to not be close is that we're not united on these things. And so what I do with those brethren, I say... Let's get together and study. You know, because when we're when we're united here, man, that's going to help us overcome all kinds of barriers. And that's the importance of study. I've often told people, I says, I say this tongue in cheek. I don't mean this. I say, if you're going to pick between Bible study and worship service, pick Bible study. I don't mean that. But what I'm saying is, but Bible study is so important for all of us, personal, but even here. Because if you got a comment or something you don't understand, Josh, I didn't get that point, or I need some clarification, or I've got a Bible question. Bible class is so important. Wednesdays and Sundays, the church put that in place to help us. That doesn't replace personal study, of course. Who's got Galatians 6.10? Go ahead. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I do good to all people. Especially the household. You know, I, I, I got my family. I, I love everybody, but you know, I don't talk about my sisters in the Lord like I talk about my granddaughters. I got six of them. You want me to get started on that one? You're in trouble. But yeah, I mean, family. There, there's that special bond that we have. And with, within the church, brethren, value that, appreciate it, and don't forget it. And the reason why I say I don't forget it, okay, we've got five minutes. Do you remember Luke 15? You guys remember the story of the prodigal son? Okay, I'm going to test your memory here. What did he think when he came to himself? What did he think? Do you guys remember what, what, what popped into his head? Do you remember? Well, yeah. 
Ah, how did he know that? But how did he know that my father has uh, hired servants that have more than enough to eat? How does he know that? He used to be in the house. He remembered what his father did for him. He remembered what his father did for him. And because of that, what did he want to do? He wanted to go home. He wanted to go home. You see, you build up this bond. This is kind of what... I don't, I don't, you know, when you talk about church discipline, there have been times when we recently had a sister in, in uh, Missouri. She came forward. The elders got to the point, okay, we've worked and we've worked and we've worked with you, but you know what? We're going to have to withdraw from you. And that was like the straw. The Lord put that into place. There was the, that was a straw she wasn't willing to accept. She's coming back. And she's crying. She's, you know, I, I don't want that to happen. And I'm sorry the way I've been living. Blah, blah. That's great, you know. Uh, you want people to remember what it's like here. So you develop that. Is this going to stop any, everybody from falling away? No, it doesn't. But if somebody falls away, perhaps somewhere down the line they say, you know what? There's a family at Lakeside that would embrace me and accept me back and love me because i got a God who will forgive me, a Savior who died for me, that they'll remember that. And so, guys, let's continue to work on that. So with a couple minutes left, let's go ahead and read John 14, who's got the first three verses? Uh, excuse me, first. No, no, it is John. John 14. I, I was thinking of another passage. Getting ahead of myself. But that'll suffice. John 14 says, don't... One for three. What, what great words of comfort. Don't let your heart be troubled. Okay? Um, I'm going to tell you, we want to go to heaven. But I get up on a Sunday morning, it's like, I get to go be with my brothers and sisters. It's, it's, it's a little taste. It's a little taste. Because, I'm, because if I get excited about this, man, there's going to... I always tell people, you know, there's going to come a time we don't have to say goodbye. It was tough saying goodbye to the brethren in Newburgh, even though they're only two hours away, three hours away. Um, but when we moved away from them for being 11 years, there were, there were a lot of tears. And it's like, it's going to be great someday when we don't have to say goodbye anymore. Okay? And we know that. So we're looking forward to going to heaven. But until we get there, until we get to heaven, we get a little taste of it right here with our family, with our brothers and sisters. And so, in this environment, we're not strangers and pilgrims. Out there, in the world, we need to work at making sure that we are strangers and pilgrims, that we don't love this world, that we're not being conformed to this world, that we're not comfortable with the transgression. When you watch a commercial, you're like, man, i got to turn that, man. Let's put some clothes on. You know, when you get to the point when stuff doesn't bother us anymore, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. So we guard our speech. There are certain words we hear, man, that just makes us uncomfortable. That's good. That's good that it, that it bothers us. Um, and, yet, and yet, when we come here, truly valuing the opportunity we have to be with brothers and sisters. Now, I have done a lot of talking this morning. And we've got, I'm just going to open up the floor for a whole minute. 
All those things you've been keeping inside um, that you wanted to add or just comment about. I'm giving you 60 seconds. They really don't, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Debbie's folks, you know, they're, they, they were uh, Catholic, and, uh, you know, there are times they, they go somewhere, and they'll, they'll come into town, they'll go to a place, and they'll come back, well, did you, did you meet anybody? Oh, no, we don't know anybody. You know, what about back home? Well, we don't know anybody. You know, I'm thinking, really? You, you, you're really missing it, because it, now, obviously, in the denomination realm, they could have closeness, okay, but our closeness is established on that chief cornerstone. It's based on the truth. And we got to value that, folks. Again, time's gone, but I appreciate your, your attention this morning.